Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 1st of May 2013. Now newcomers, and as always newcomers, come in every night to this broadcast. You should look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you'll find lots and lots of audios for free download where I go through the system you're living in. I explain how it works and how basically you're, you're controlled, you're indoctrinated. Very old sciences, of course, are involved in it. And in this day of massive, uh, easy, uh, fast communication, in fact, standardized communication across the whole world, we all get the same indoctrination at the same time. Plus, we have basically the same educational systems across the world with the same format. So we're, we're prepared for all the changes that we will witness in each generation in advance. We're prepared from a very early age. And because we're living through a vast script, and I talk about the parallel government, the parallel government that Maggie Thatcher talked about, and others talked about ex-politicians, prime ministers and top civil servants don't retire. Once they're retired, really, uh, they're technically working for the parallel government, as Thatcher said, because they all know each other and they can get things done behind the scenes like technocrats, as they do, uh, without going through uh, or being held up to the public uh, view. And so they can get the work done, all that heavy work done, very quickly, very fast, because we live through an agenda, as I say. So help yourself to the website, you'll find the history of it, Organizations that set themselves up long ago to bring all this to pass. And don't be shocked. Most of the things it's unbelievable that some people can actually predict the world or, or the future for you to live in. Well, they do. They shape it. It's quite simple, really, when you have uh, uh, organizations of the wealthiest people on the planet setting up foundations that control trillions and trillions of dollars under charities to sponsor armies and armies of non-governmental organizations and think tanks which advise governments. So, remember, as I say, help yourself to the website. Remember, too, that you can help me out by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And uh, I go through some of the history of, of this and also chronology. Chronology is a great art because we're conned all the time. In fact, you're conned on a daily basis by the, the daily news, in fact. There's nothing really real on there, but you're, you've been taught and trained in recent generations, I say that this is all sort of authoritative. It's from authority. But you forget that these organizations that give you your news media are private organizations owned by big magnets that have their own agendas. And again, they all belong to the world agendas. They all belong to the same groups. So, as I say, always think about that. So if you want to help me, you can buy the books and discs, as I say, from the U.S. to Canada. Remember, you can use personal checks or international postal money orders or send cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. And straight donations are always welcome because we're going through inflation, which is a devaluation of your currencies across the world, in line with all the big long-term agendas, because eventually they'll have not just regional currencies like Europe's got, the euro, and will be a North American one eventually, but they want to go into a, a world currency. And the Bank for International Settlements is already set up to handle it with the World Bank, all private organizations, mind you, that work also with United Nations, because one group set up the World Bank, 
the Bank for International Settlements and the United Nations. One private group set it up, and that was that was the Royal Institute for International Affairs. Also the CFR, that's what they're called in other countries. And it's a hard thing to believe, but the history is all there. Their own personal historian, Carl Quigley, came out with this and, and in different books that he wrote. Well worth reading. If you understand that the parallel system that runs this world, democracy was put out as a front, a front to stop people rebelling every so often, as we went through what they called progress, which is a term that's used for the great plan, progress. No one defines it for you, do they? They never say progress means this, this, and this. And then if they do define it, who is the group that's defining it? Are you involved in it? Of course not. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and going through the reality behind all the illusions that you get put out in front of you every day by the TV or newspapers or whatever else because information is control in itself, not just controlled, but information is control. And those who don't do uh, their own research are going to be conned left, right and centre by people with particular biases in articles or whatever or presentations on television. It happens all the time. And most folk don't even bother to check up uh, who's behind a story, uh, what they belong to, what organisations they belong to and so on. And yet most papers today give hand- are given handouts by private, again, uh, foundation-sponsored NGO uh, groups and charities uh, to, to put right into their papers. And uh, sometimes reporters will put their own names on it, and in fact, they're quite happy to do it. And uh, and same with government uh, handouts, too. They put them straight into newspapers and often put the reporter's name on it, as though they reported it from the White House or some other government. It happens all the time. And these reports are written by public relations specialists, which is marketers or propagandists, basically professional propagandists, to spin something to bring you through. By the way, it's worded in neurolinguistics, psycholinguistics is the old term for it, same thing though, uh, to bring you to a conclusion, which will end up being your permanent conclusion on something, uh, and, and unless you think for yourselves. And most folk, unfortunately, don't, because they don't even know there, there's any reason to be lied to. Naivety is a great thing. Especially when you tell the public or train them to believe that that somehow all news is given by authorities is somehow honest and true. So the art of chronology, as I say, is ancient, absolutely ancient, and is, is perfected today. It's never been lost down through the ages. It's always added to as countries would go down or empires would go down and the elite would move off with all their archives and so on and their, their, their advisors would move off too up to the present time. And it's always collected and collected. Now with the electronics, it's so simple and quick and effective and seeing is believing, as you see on television, even though most folk actually believe the movies, in fact. There's actually folk who really do believe what's happening in the movies and you'll hear them yelling out in the theatres when you see something in a movie. It's all fiction. Now, you have to understand, too, uh, what's happening today in, in the Western world and in big foundations that created this present system, this structure. And part of it, as I say, was the Royal Institute of International Affairs. And that, that came out with its new name, that name, this private organization. Uh, it came out from the Milner Group. And the Milner Group, Lord Alfred Milner, was uh, was basically comprised initially of international 
moneylenders, not just lending to people, but to nations, very rich people who had already been in Britain, some of them, for a generation or two. Uh, they came in from outside, and they ran the big banking structures of London, the city of London. They also uh, formed this organization along with the Cecil Rhodes Foundation and, and along with Lord Rothschild at the time uh, to basically put out a strategy for the world. And when you use the British system, having an empire already as the basis of a world empire, but not just any world empire. They believed in eugenics, very much so, and still do. And they uh, also believed uh, that they had the right, since they were the most powerful, wealthiest folk on the planet by that time, to run the world, shape the world's future. Don't let it happen willy-nilly, but to actually direct it. And they decided that they were the best to judge what was right and wrong. And they would set up through education, because they they recruited mainly at that time from Oxford uh, University, and their headquarters was All Souls College, but they, uh, and that was a lifetime membership, by the way, where they had their top meetings, still do. But they, uh, they decided to take over all the rights of the world, the mineral rights, water rights, food rights eventually, and all, all things which, which people needs and manufacturers need to, to work or live on. So it's still on, on the go. They also set up, as I said, said the League of Nations, which was, uh, came out of the World War One, and they, they promoted that. In fact, they said before World War I happened, they needed a world war to get people to their knees, to give up their national sovereignty, to bind more, more countries into unions or blocks, trading blocks with free trade. And so they got the World War I, and you'll find too in the histories of Carl Quigley, the professor, who was their personal historian, with their version of the history, since they were behind it. Uh, and the reason he came out with the book, he said at the time, he says, he says, these people have been behind so much history for over a hundred years. This was in the 1960s. He says that uh, it's time that people knew their, that their heavy impact have had on changing the direction of the world. But in the late 1800s, they created the Boer War to take over South Africa and the mines, the gold and diamonds. And they, they staged that event too. It's written quite clearly in the Anglo-American establishment. That's the book. And you can also find that at that time, late 1800s, they also decided that Germany was to be overthrown from within or failing that to get them into a world war, which they got. And they worked very, very hard and long to get it to happen. Incredible when you go into these archives, this is astonishing. And as I say, they're still on the go today because uh, we see today uh, that this group funded uh, the communist system and the Soviet system, the Bolshevik system, and again, communism, this great utopia, never emerges a utopia for the public, but it certainly was a utopia for those who ruled over the public, and many of them didn't come from, they weren't Russian at all, they moved in from New York and, and Germany and Poland to take over the control of the Soviet system. They all fled out as multi-billionaires, most of them at the end when the war came down, and that was pre-planned as well. But anyway, that's a different story, uh, but it's still on the go today. And they realized, too, they see that the ones who would rule would always be rich. Remember, there's only one business in the world, and that's humanity. Not what you make. It's not what you make or produce. It's humanity itself. They make all the stuff, and they produce it, and they consume it, too. And the way these boys look upon nations is simply one big business. Each country, each nation is one huge business. And that's why when they take over, they they get massive civil servants on the go, bureaucracies, 
and they have incredible data storage. Even in, in the times when they were doing it all by paper and pen, you can get old, old volumes of the complete domestic products of countries and consumption of every single item. It's just it's amazing what they did even back in the early 1900s. And I've got some of them here. So everything was, was regarded as one big, huge business. And once you take over a country, as I say, they end up having you compete with another country. And without doing this, of course, they can get you to, to take, accept less pay or you go under, which gives them more profit to expand internationally, which is still on the go today, of course. We have all these pan-European uh, trade systems going on, pan-American, pan-Pacific uh, partnerships going on. We've got the NAFTA agreement still going on. They've already united Europe, and they're still in the process of, of utterly uniting the last vestiges of it, politically, economically, and so on, and legally, all the laws. So this is an old agenda that's still underway, and it's run really by foreign people, foreign basically to their ideas and even their beliefs, in fact. It's very, very foreign. But they realized that they couldn't make the communist system, which would benefit them, take off in the other parts of the world. And so they had to find other ways to come in and destroy countries from within, countries which were strong, very strong. And so they brought in the Frankfurt School from Germany and other schools, the Macy Group and so on. And they got them to work to, to alter the cultures of the West, especially America. And that's all happened. I've mentioned this before. Lots of history on it. It's still ongoing today. And there's almost a victory cry. It's in your face today, in fact, that they're pretty well taken over everything. And they're going ahead again with standardizing the world. As I say, if you can't make people revolt internally, rebel internally, and bring in a form of communism, then you simply take it from within. You put your own professors into academia, you preach communism under many guises, especially under social studies, uh, all with slants and all the rest of it, and then after a generation or two with total indoctrination, they, they, all the students uh, are already communized. They don't know it. Um, some people have noticed in the past that America really, uh, when you look at it overall from the outside point of view, it really is the most communized nation in the world, more so than even Russia. At one time, the states used to send out missionaries across the planet. And the missionaries would go to all kinds of countries and so on. Uh, Britain did the same thing. And today, they send missionaries out which are simply feminists or lesbians and all kinds of other organizations, well-funded to go and spread the same uh, basically the destruction of cultures across third world countries, which, which really are still trying to stand up, up to them yet. It's quite amazing what's going on. And it's all funded by you, the taxpayers, and private foundations disguised as charities. It's happening everywhere. And the folk can't recognize what they're actually doing because they have nothing to relate it to. Yeah, youngsters coming out of school today think that all they know is that communism is a great experiment, wasn't it, to help the people? That's what they think. That's what they've been taught that. But they've been, not been taught any depth on what it actually was. And the, the big deception it was too. But remember too that even Lenin said the same thing, that uh, it's just a dictatorship would last about a generation. He was meaning about 70 years. And that's what it did. And then the walls came down. So it's planned in advance, long-term planning. And then of course they move simply into the West because the West is already communized. That came out at the Rees Commission in the 1950s. 
uh, as a congressional investigation into the tax-free foundations owned by the richest folk on the planet at the time. And uh, they found that, uh, they were told, in fact, that their job, these private foundations, disguised as charities that, that's funded all the left-wing communistic events and so on inside the states, uh, their job was to seamlessly blend the communist system with that of the West, seamlessly, to integrate it. Well, that was done before the wall came down. And uh, Besmanov, Yuri Besmanov, I've, I've put the, the videos up before, the KGB guy who defected, he went through the whole process of the deceptions. In, and it, said it, was already, it had already happened by the 1970s. The fact they couldn't believe how well that they indoctrinated everyone into a form of communism through universities without using the term communism. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix talking about the big system and how it's gone through a definite policy, one direction, under different guises, different names, same same organisation, same goals and so on. And as I said before, that the, the communists couldn't get rebellions going on in the West, so they tried to take it down from within by simply all like Bernays said to, to the advertisers, don't don't bother about your products and making appealing to the public, change the public for your products. And that's what they did. They took the same uh, advice, basically, from Bernays and brought in a form of communism, of course, too. Mind you, it's very lucrative for those who jump on board with political correctness, as we often call it today. And the same thing happened in, in the Soviet system. Things were very politically correct, but were scared to say all the wrong things, which are generally the real obvious things. And we've gone at the same system today. Under, under force of law and threats of imprisonment and all the rest of it for saying the wrong things as they shape society under a pre-existing plan. And what they did with the West too was to create massive uh, welfare states. That was the way. They couldn't make them rebel. You simply create massive welfare states and people who are on welfare, intergenerationally that is, will tend, and there's lots of them on it intergenerationally today, they will always vote the way that you want them to vote, which is for your always apparently far-left party, you know, run by the multimillionaires, same as the right-wing parties. And um, it's been awfully successful. And, of course, under this new system, as Lenin said, the new system that would blend the two together wouldn't be at the end of this dictatorship. He says wouldn't be quite capitalist, not quite communist. They call it socialism, where we basically, which is really fascism, by the way, where it's, it's public-private enterprise. The government technically has a big hand in everything that's going on, and they also fund the big banks when they have their occasional collapses, you know, planned collapses, uh, and they tax you for it. Oh, so you are the business again. You are the business as always. And folk haven't quite figured out why it's all happening like this, public-private partnerships, uh, which is basic, basic fascism. And as I say, fascism is socialism for those who haven't figured it out. But... um. He's an article here, for instance, too, and I've mentioned Maurice Strong before, the guy who that was a front man for the Rockefellers, still is. He's at the United Nations. He spent his whole life uh, uh, being groomed for his position. He brought in the, the Rio Earth Summit, again, by private organizations that all countries signed into law. Agenda 21. All, all these things brought forward by Mr. Maurice Strong. 
who's married to Hannah Strong. And, of course, that they're very, very wealthy. Because they're working for this, this new fascist communism. is awfully, awfully lucrative. And it's not really hard work at all. And um, he was a guy who also said in the 90s that uh, the big changes that would come to the energy uh, systems throughout the Western world as we go into austerity in the 90s. We're living through a script, you understand. And so he's this guy with all this power and authority that no one's ever elected into anything under these wonderful democracies we live in. And he's setting up the future, as I say. And he privatized, uh, in, in some parts of like Canada, especially Ontario, uh, the, the power supply systems that the public technically owned. And now they simply call it public-private, where they, they hand it over to private companies. And then we fund all their costs. We fund their repairs. And then they charge us for the use and rental of their, of their power and all the rest of it. It's a win-win situation. But I see that it's still on the go because here's Obama's executive orders. He's accelerating investment in industrial energy efficiency. So here's the government right into it again. And, in, and after reading all this problem here, and I'll put this link up tonight at cuttingthroughthematrix.com after the broadcast. But what it really is boiling, boiling down to is, is public-private partnerships where once again you'll be gouged for the private companies to putting these new forms of, of energy, more efficient energy systems, big uh, corporations and, and so on. You'll pay for it all and it'll cost them nothing. Uh, that's the form of communism, you see, state intervention. They don't own everything, uh, all means of production. They simply have a big, big hand in it, which is fascism, you see. It was meant they always go this way. But I'll put this up tonight for those who want to grind their way through it. And it shows you all the, the, the State Departments are already up and going. They'll all be involved uh, in this new system of energy and energy and energy. And... Uh, Awfully lucrative for those who get into it. And also, too, from the White House, that comes from the White House, it's called Bending the Arc Towards Justice. And then they go into the ADL. It's a praise for the ADL, the Antidate Definition League, the one that recently came out, not many times before, mind you, but recently came out and decried Christianity. They're always decrying Christianity and, and so on. And they go under a guise of anti-Semitism. But uh, they want to eliminate Christianity altogether, which is rather odd, too, because why didn't we go after the Bush regime that was run by the neocons as a euphemism for something else, of course. But uh, the Bush regime uh, funded the top uh, evangelical Christian leaders. Not that I like the, the, these characters in the evangelical movement, but they funded them to uh, bring the, the American Christian society on board with the coming wars that they wanted to do. They paid them. So they're used, and they're discarded, and used and discarded when it suits them. But this one, as I say, building the art towards justice and how they take uh, pride for supposedly spearheading all the changes inside America and right into the present time when they're pushing all the other, whatever's left of any minority at all. Actually, you're nobody at all unless you're a minority today. You have no rights whatsoever, do you? To find a new minority to belong to. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
hi folks, I'm back cutting for the Matrix. Just talking logic, basically, to the nonsense that's spilled out to the people. And reading this article from, about the ADL, and it's from the White House, you know. And uh, it's really, they're, they're actually celebrating the, 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 I think it's the centennial or something, uh, of um, the ADL's establishment. And that gives you the usual stuff, uh, how they started off um, early in, uh, in World War II, defying hate, fighting anti-Semitism, all the usual stuff up to the present time. Now they're, they're fighting for gay rights and everything else. But it says here, it's quite interesting, it's the same bunch, remember, that bashed all the Christians in the military and all the rest of it, even though the government was paying uh, evangelist leaders to get the Christian communities to be all pro the wars across the Middle East to benefit another country. And it says here, Today we're proud to work with the AD on a wide range of issues as we follow President Obama's change or charge to work towards a country that's more fair, more just and more equal for every single child of God. Now what God are we talking about here? Because I mean, yesterday I mentioned the article where Obama gave the speech at Planned Parenthood, you know, where they put your children and stuff that they're trying to get born or have been born even nowadays. And he actually ended it with a blessing on them. Uh, he blessed them. You know, God bless you, he says to this group that did it. So what God are they talking about? What about the atheists as well? Or is, is this a giveaway from the ADL of what God they worship? I mean, these questions are never asked, are they? Because really, there's, there's really groups inside all these things running them with their own agendas. Everything has a, a group behind them, often the same group. Now, the Pentagon may court-martial soldiers now for sharing their Christian faith. Well, this is an amazing article. And it says, three days ago, the, the, the trail dust published a post, Christianity to be outlawed in the U.S. military, and on Mikey Weinstein, who's the founder of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. Again, it's so, again, Orwellian speak, uh, Military Religious Freedom Foundation uh, is a group that's trying to stop Christianity being used in the, in the military. Uh, really, really typical, you know. It says, consulting with the Pentagon to develop new policies on religious tolerance, including a policy for court-martialing military chaplains who share the Christian gospel during spiritual counseling of American troops. Now, isn't this persecution, folks? Of course it is. And you have to look up Mikey Weinstein for his history, too, to see where where he's coming from, because really it seems to me there's one religion bashing another. That's what it seems to me. It's rather blatant. And uh, it says here that uh, now we have a statement from the Pentagon confirming that not only uh, will military chaplains be court-martialed for doing their job, because that's what they're there for, right? Any soldier who shares their Christian faith with another will also be subjected to court-martials and non-judicial punishments. Quite well, I mean, interesting, eh? So I'll put this article up tonight, too, for those who really care. I think most of them are so far gone. They've nothing left to hold on to, or they're already caught up in this big wave of of newness, this new system that they're so confused they can't really think or care actually, because that's the ultimate intention of it all. So you won't care, you know. Now I mentioned too before that this ongoing plan has been here for an awful long time. You've lived through it all your whole life; it's never stopped. That's got further to go. I mentioned the Frankfurt School, for instance, that literally Theo Adorno was one of their main guys in it too. And he wrote in it that eventually they'll have to destroy utterly, completely the Western culture, especially American culture, by taking it over. And then he was simply using the same techniques as one of his predecessors, uh, Gramsci. 
Gramsci was the guy who said, you don't have to cause just revolutions, you simply take over the culture industry and, and change it from within, which was, has been done. So anyway, Theo Adorno from the Frankfurt School talked about bringing and destroying every vestige of the Western uh, culture and society, which included Christianity, of course, too, uh, and the white culture, too, which he actually hated, and, um, and his whole group did, too. And uh, and he said it will bring them right down. Nothing will be bad enough. This is right down to necrophilia. Now we have necrophilia cases breaking out right last year in Canada, when one homosexual uh, had sex with another guy, uh, killed him on video, and then had did odd things with parts of the body. And he's in he's in jail right now. So we've got exactly the same agenda working. As they said, it would happen a long time ago because they've created a society that's utterly degenerate. And that was part of what Theo Adorno said they'd have to do, make the society utterly degenerate. And you understand that a degenerate society is conquered by those who made it all happen. This is a science, folks. This is a science. And tying in with it, it says, I mentioned it too, that uh, 2001, just before the World Trade Centers happened, uh, the thing happened there, there was um, a meeting of, of different boards of censors from different countries, and they published articles in the paper right after it, one from a professor in Canada and one from a, a professor in the U.S. in international papers, both identical, also written by the same hand, I mean verbatim, and they said that now they would, they'd won the rights for pushing homosexuality on television, that they would then push for intergenerational sex, which is pedophilia, which is happening today as they push pedophilia to be normalized. And it also said that, uh, and, and bestiality. Now think back to, to Theodorna, right down to necrophilia and so on, the complete degeneration of the species, right? Now it ties in with controversial billboard will be removed, Foxtel says. This is a new, this is um, a billboard featuring a man about to have sex with a pig will be removed, Foxtel says. And pedestrians were today confronted with the image that was part of an ad campaign for Foxtel's Arts TV channel studio, which is presented by SBS. A Foxtel spokesperson said it was intended to provoke, but it's clearly an appalling, t- uh, an appalling taste and demonstrates a lapse of judgment by studio and a failure in the approvals uh, processes at Foxtel. When the senior management at Foxtel became aware of the nature of the image, we instructed Stuart to remove and replace the billboard. And the spokesperson said it will happen as soon as possible and Fox still regrets any offence that has been caused. They don't regret it at all, folks. Remember, in this day and age, with everyone gorged with news, all, uh, any news is good news. It's all publicity. But since the bestiality image was taken from the controversial UK TV show called Black Mirror, which will air in June as part of the Channel's Festival of WTF. Released an episode of the program in which a princess is kidnapped and the British Prime Minister must commit bestiality on live television in order to save her from being executed. And, uh, and it goes on and on. I've got two articles on that. I'll put them both up tonight. And uh, as I say, this is get used to it, folks, because you're going to see more and more and more. This is an agenda you're living through. This is not by chance. It's not by chance at all. And uh, the next article, too, as uh, again, I mentioned last night about how professional actors are employed by the U.S. government and they go from from uh, disaster drill to disaster drill. They moved across the country 
Uh, and I put up the links to it. I'll put them up again tonight, the same ones from the government itself. But this one says, Government admits using professional actors to play the role of victims in terror drills. And the U.S. government has since 2004 used professional actors to depict the victims in the drills that simulate large-scale attacks. According to the ABC News article 2004, professional actors will play the roles of victims. In addition, a virtual news network will be created and, and operated in order to practice the dissemination of government propaganda during the event. The use of professional actors to depict victims is especially telling given that many Americans believe the government has used professional actors in events like Sandy Hook and Boston Marathon. This analysis of the Boston Marathon bombing claims a double amputee was an actor and that the blood in the scene was Hollywood blood, designed to look like blood red for the cameras. And uh, University Professor James Tracy also argues that the Boston Marathon bombing was pulled off with theatrical elements and wasn't accurately portrayed in the media. I'll put this up tonight too. This is something that you think about and, and ponder and so on, because it certainly does get confusing when they do use these at all these drills. Now, every major event is always a drill. And I've read articles years ago when they said they would do this at every major event, like, like the marathon that's laid on. They would use that opportunity for a drill. And so it really does get confusing when you see this kind of thing going on. And also, two Boston bombing the Department of Homeland Security. Guess who was who was contracted by the Department of Homeland Security to watch over the Boston Marathon? Israel. Israelis. They contracted it out to Israelis. And it says that the dust has settled on Boston and America's newest example and scene of national insecurity. As Kevin Barrett's hugely successful press TV article pointed out yesterday, we witnessed corporate media suggesting a major terroristic terror attack might have been done by our own security people. And military intelligence agrees. This is Tony Cartalusi, followed with his article focusing on how most of the terrorism in America has either been imported in the form of of intel-trained sacrificial lambs, such as the Chicago bomber, who, without ID or luggage, was just escorted uh, onto an awaiting plane by security people. And that's true. He had had no uh, passport or anything. To go from one country to another, and security uh, uh, brought him on board. He further described the FBI's involvement in homegrown terrorism by grooming MK-Ultra-type fringe people and leading them through all the steps necessary to give them an easy terror bust. Many in Intel national security business have watched all this happen just totally aghast, not only at the brazenness involved to orchestrate such sting operations, but the general acceptance by the public that seems almost brain-dead to the internal threat represented. There's much blame to go around. This is a pattern of so-called terror attacks happening when terror drills are being held at the same location has happened way too often to be a coincidence. And it's true even uh, when the towers went down, there was a drill that day, it was in the paper, the the previous day's paper, that FEMA had come in the whole bit for a drill. So this leads me to recommend that whenever a terror drill is suggested for the next major public event, that all of the security organizers be arrested on the spot and waterboarded to get all the details from them. It says, corporate media they continued their downhill slide in public trust. They completely censored out the confirmed reports of a bomb exercise drill being conducted at the finish line area. I suspect the DHS just told them uh, that was uh, wrong, that the media shrills uh, took them that as true. We have the photographs of the bomb sniffing dogs and what motive would the witnesses have to lie? And it's got quite a few different uh, photographs in it and so on. 
and things to ponder again. If you don't ponder, you know, you'll be led up the garden path. And if you, again, you still have to think for yourselves too, mind you. But it's, it's, old, it's like the old movie, uh, Network, uh, a very good movie, on how television already had influenced people back in the 60s and how it would take over their lives and how the people would see television as more real in fact, and the characters in TV more real than people they actually knew in real life. That has happened, by the way. It really has. Because, you see, if you look into who runs television and all the incredible professionals involved, including psychiatrists and psychologists and neuroscientists, etc., behaviorists, uh, it's down to a fine art. They know every little bit about you, like Bernays said, all the subconscious desires and so on, motivations, things that motivate you without you knowing why. It's all on television. All of it is on television. Because it's the greatest tool for indoctrination that ever existed and behavior change. And this other article too is witnessing Boston's mass casualty events from the memory hole in it. So for the most part, we do not first see and then define Walter Lippmann observed in 1921. We define first and then see. And the greatest uh, blooming, buzzing confusion of the outer world we pick out what our culture has already defined for us. And we tend to perceive that which we have picked out in the form of stereotyped, uh, stereotyped for us by our culture. So your culture helps stereotype it already in advance. He was a founding member of the Council on Foreign Relations, which of course is the big, one of the big, group, big groups that are handling it all today, our whole minds and imaginations and the world plans with the wars too. So along these lines, a veteran uh, hypnotherapist and mind control expert interviewed in 2001 by investigative journal Rappaport observes, the media gives you the illusion that, that you are seeing something. That's a billion dollar key to mind control. 90% of all the mind control in the world is done by the media. And it's all based on the viewer or the reader never seeing anything really beyond the surface of what's presented. And it's true, it's all facade. The old Hollywood movie sets on the westerns literally had what appeared to be streets and houses and all that, but they're all just fronts, just one, you know, a few inches thick. Just the fronts they saw, that was all you needed. But they like real, real houses and everybody got caught up in the movies and so on. I think when Bush uh, Jr. Uh, was first got in, they rushed him down to, to, to Texas or somewhere, and they said this was his family ranch. And uh, it was actually a front, like a Western movie. They hadn't finished it yet. It's a front for the photographs. It worked. This happens all the time. Seeing is believing, right? But I'll put these links up tonight. As I say, it's worth perusing because I'm not kidding you. We're living in, in, in managed perception. We really, really are living in managed perception. And everything that happens, remember what the, the PNAC group said, the project for New American Century, the so-called neocorns, which actually were a, a group before that, they called themselves the liberals, but they didn't get very far with that term. So they called themselves neocorns, and even liberals was a term that um, that was used by Khrushchev and Besmanov to describe communist America. <laughs> And, of course, you get in by any means you can, meaning deception and so on, pretend you're right-wing, but they weren't right-wing at all. In fact, Bush opened up more immigration uh, than any president before him, things like that. And forcing democracy by warfare. They can, they can call it whatever they want, forcing the democracy across the world. Like they have some sort of crusade on the go. Who benefited? Who's still benefiting today? Whose enemies have been wiped out? What big corporations moved in and took over and are grabbing all the loot and oil and everything else? 
And of course, they want Syria. That was on the, also on the same list of the countries to be taken out by the PNAC group as far back as the 1990s. Every country they've taken out so far was on their list. And again, true, part of the big uh, system was to, uh, like, like um, Theo Adorno said at the Frankfurt School, was to completely destroy Western culture completely, utterly. The dominant cultures, middle classes and everything else too, and the lower classes, by the way. And it says Brussels makes it, this is the EU Union, this, this big massive new Soviet, seeks to make it easier for EU migrants to move to Britain, it says. And it says, new Brussels proposals today defy British protests over benefit tourism and abuse of European Union for free movement rules by making it easier for migrants to move to Britain, including redress against any breach of rights. See, they all have rights. They're all taught they've got rights. And they come into Britain. And Britain's sunk with debt, which is great for communism, because the bankers run it, you see. And they love debt because they get massive compounding interest on all the debt. They make sure that they and their offspring for thousands of years will be rolling in the dough. Because thousands of generations would have to pay off. But it says, um, on Wednesday, Theresa May, the Home Secretary with support from Germany, Austria and Holland, wrote to the European Commission demanding tighter restrictions on access to welfare benefits and other state-funded services for EU migrants. Two days later, the Commission responded with a proposal for a new directive to make it easier for people to exercise their rights in practice in defiance of British claims that the current rules on free movement are being abused by migrants. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and, and talking about uh, how Britain and other countries are getting hammered, but mainly Britain because it must be destroyed, the old Britain must be destroyed, it served its purpose, it brought in an empire that was taken over and expanded upon by the Royal of International Affairs, CFR, and it's now it's gone worldwide and they don't need a, a base like Britain anymore. Except to pay taxes, basically. But anyway, they're eradicating the old culture. Remember Tony Blair's next in command came out and said the same thing. He was ordered to do the same thing. Open the floodgates uh, from diverse nations. The more diverse, the better. Because uh, until the last vestige of British culture was gone, it could never uh, resurrect itself. That's happened. That's actually happened. So here's the, the new Soviet to the EU ordering Britain to take more in and so on. Followed up by an article on the same day too. It says white Britons could be a minority in the UK by 2070. And um, MSN News. And it says, um, according to a few decades, it says uh, they'll be the minority. The, com- the combined population of all ethnic minority groups together could exceed the number of white British people by around two-fifths 2070. Actually, I think it's already there in a lot of places in Britain. I read an article recently by uh, I think it was one of the Russian newspapers where a Russian uh, is out of an over to, to London to see he's always seen so many old movies and so on about it and he was disappointed he didn't see what he thought was a single English person there yes he said that he said he might have seen one passing in a taxi but she might have been from another country it was quite interesting an article from major major mainstream Russian newspaper also this article too uh, the civil servants, everything means uh, public-private uh, partnerships. Under, see, under the real communistic, the next step of communism, you have these public-private partnerships where private corporations end up running society. And, oh, it's back to slavery, that's what it really means. 
when you're when every everything you need is run by uh, private companies, you're a slave. They hold you at ransom for everything. Anyway, it's a civil servant set to be given chance to profit John Lewis style from their advice if nudge unit is privatized. This is a behavior modification unit I've mentioned before from Britain's government uses. Every country has them now. And therefore, behavior modification on the public without the public's knowledge of the techniques that are used through television, mainly propaganda, to make you alter your behavior. So it says that the Behavioral Insights Unit is to become John Lewis-style firm. Staff will move from public sector to take a share of profits. Believe you me, all the top scavengers on the planet will be on this. And uh, awfully lucrative because we're an important job changing the behavior, the thoughts, the beliefs, and so on, of the populations. Very profitable. This private firm is being sought to take a stake with the government, and the unit uses tricks to persuade people to pay fines and insulate lofts, things like that. But they also, like Sunstein said, we can actually convince the public that it's a great thing to pay taxes and more taxes. Things like that. Labour warns of conflict of interest when also working for private firms. Of course you're going to get that. But you see, this is the age where corporations take over. It was always intended that out of the, the dialectic communism and capitalism, the next system would come in, and this is it. It's really back to slavery, folks. As Quigley said, too, of the Council of Foreign Relations, the new, the new feudalist system. It's a feudal system. And they have all the power for your food, water, everything, heat, you name it, in, in their hands. And they run your government. You're a slave in that case. You have no democracy. You have no rights. Quite simple, isn't it? And also the great civil service sell off dozens of services and 75,000 staff set to be transferred to the private sector. This is the age of the rise of the corporate governance, folks. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.